and we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast brought to you by the Beckett Podcast Net- Network. I am your host, Eric Norton. I am joined today by a special guest, Mr. Matt Bible, who you all know from our uh, non-sports department. What's up, Matt? Not much, man. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. And then our special, special, exclusive, exclusive uh, podcast guest this week is Clever Fangirl, a.k.a. Laura. We'll, we'll go that way. Uh, if, you, if you've been to a Comic-Con across the country, you've probably seen her dressed up in something Jurassic Park. What's going on? Hey, guys. Super excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. So... Uh, let's just start let's just start right here at the beginning let's talk about jurassic park you are like super uno fan number one right so where'd that begin yeah definitely i have such a love for the whole jurassic park franchise but my love for it really started when i was really little and my dad showed me the movie for the first time and i just fell in love with all of the Jurassic dinosaurs. I mean, to the sci-fi, every bit of it is just so suspenseful and exciting. And my favorite scene when I was little was when the T-Rex ate that lawyer general right off the toilet. <laughs> and it's just so unexpected and just so exciting. And I mean, from that movie on, my love affair with dinosaurs has done nothing but grow and grow. Well, there you can't top someone getting eaten off a toilet, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you, how you follow that. Uh, I... I I don't know. That's 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 a tough tough act to follow. So uh, we were speaking off air, and I was completely and totally honest with you. I'm not a huge Jurassic Park fan. I've actually only seen it one time, but it, it saved me in a, in a moment. So I'm thankful for that. My son, however, who is running around the studio today, is a big Jurassic Park fan. So it's been cool that you guys have been able to interact a little bit. So. After after your dad took you to see Jurassic Park, was it just all dinosaurs all the time after that? Oh, yeah. It was everything dinosaurs. I mean, we would go to the museum almost every weekend. He would take me and my mom would take me and we would just go and they just kind of let me loose and explore and ask questions and just find out things on my own. Sure. And we would go to Dinosaur Valley State Park, which is here in Texas outside of Glen Rose. Right. That's a great place to learn just more about the, you know, the history, the science behind the dinosaurs. You get that thriller in the movie but then getting to understand all that science behind it is just really exciting and especially when it's in your own neighborhood basically sure Uh, very cool stuff it's not yeah it's not far from uh where we live my mom lives actually she lives down there so sometimes it's just a jaunt right over and we can check it out matt have you ever been down there to glen rose Uh, as you know i work 24 hours a day so no (laughs) (laughs) it's just that question no i've actually i think i the only museum i've been to was uh when they had the indiana jones exhibit i went down there oh in fort worth yeah yeah and uh but i haven't been to any of the other ones yet i need to go so and check these things out you gotta go you gotta get over the parole museum because uh at the very top floor it's all dinosaurs as you know so like is is that a a a current stopping ground for you. Oh like, yeah. yeah. The so, Perot is fantastic. And they have a lot of actually the pieces that used to be at the natural museum of history that oh. used to be in fair park, which okay. is where my parents would take me. Okay. So I see a lot of those pieces that I connect with, but some really cool things at the Perot. Um, I don't know if they have it on current rotation, but they do have a maquette from Jurassic park um, of the T-Rex in there. Oh wow. Um, Stan Winston piece. So that's really cool. If you're in the Perot, you should definitely check it out. Now, what do you think about the Fort Worth uh, Science History Museum? Do you the, like do you like their like a little bit because that's that's been there since I was a kid. So yeah, Fort Worth is fantastic. You get a little bit of a different side of the history there. I think the Perot has more local pieces mm-hmm. on point, um, especially in their big Mosasaurus exhibit. Sure. Um, the Fort Worth Museum, you get a little bit more from around the country, especially they have a lot of Colorado pieces that they bring in. I really like Colorado. Matt, a couple of I guess it was about a year ago. We, I was going on vacation up to Colorado. My sister lives in Denver. And uh, the week 
that we were going up there, there was a, a new jack in a box or something being built, and they had to stop construction because they found a, a full tyrannosaur, not a full uh, triceratops. <gasps> that, so, like, first of all, the construction company is upset, right? But then science is like, yay, science! <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. Uh, we are, th- This DFW area is just a hotbed for, for fossils and stuff like that. You were saying that there was two like fossil parks, I I don't know what to call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually here in Texas, we have two um, public fossil parks, which means you can go in, you can hunt for fossils, and you can take whatever you find. Oh, that's cool. um, Which is really cool. So there's one in Mineral Wells, which you're going to find more gemstones Mm -hmm. and uh, and minerals. And then there's the other Ladonia Fossil Park. And there you're going to find a lot more Jurassic era. You're going to find Mosasaurus remains. People have found um, Plesiosaurus remains, mammoth remains a lot of marine life um fossils are there and i found some really cool stuff too whenever i've hunted so it's definitely a lot of fun so where where that where's that at like in where dfw is at where's that at in conjunction with it's like northeast of here so so. ladonia all right Mm -hmm. awesome i've never been to ladonia yeah it's like um (laughs) the north sulfur river okay so yeah a lot of the pieces um you'll find they're kind of like black tarnished or they have different coloration it's mm -hmm. because of that sulfur in the water and you're actually like a junior paleontolo- paleontologist. Is that right? I, I, I don't want to insult you. What do, what do you <laughs> no, call yeah, that? No, I'm definitely far from an expert. Okay. But um, there's a really cool museum here um, that's in McKinney, which is like north of Dallas. Sure. It's called the Herd Museum. It's a smaller local museum. Mm-hmm. But the really cool thing that they have there is that they bring in really local pieces that people have found close okay. to here. And they have a paleontology paleontology like center there that okay. a little bit off of the beaten path and I took a course there and I got kind of certified so where I can kind of like take kids on a field trip or I can teach like kind of a very lower level intro to paleontology okay. but it's a growing passion I'm hoping one day maybe to go back to school Matt we're, we're cutting this off right now we're going to go on a field trip <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy I learned that Triceratops likes Jack in the Box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great news, isn't now, it? Now, my question for Laura is, when did the collecting start? Yeah. When did you start getting into the, the trading cards and the action figures and the toys and the props and all that good stuff? Yeah, the collecting part definitely was a later in life thing. Whenever I was younger, the things I collected were so random and obscure. I mean, almost anything dinosaur I would take and collect. Um, I w- I had I loved Power Rangers so much. I loved when they would have the Megazord and all the dinosaur zords, and I just had some random stuff. So a lot of that I still have. But as for the Kenner side of the collections, when I was a kid, I was so rough playing with things. I mean, you know, <laughs> heads would be popping off of figures, and you know, they'd be shoved miles down in the dirt. And now I go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, those toys were so dear to my heart. I want those again. And many of them I don't have anymore, but I go out to these toy shows and I seek them. I look for them, but the the toy kind of has to find me. But my collection, everything in my collection um, has a meaning and a special place of where I found it. Okay. That's fantastic. The, the, you mentioned the, uh, the, the toy shows. You, you are a regular at the Dallas Toy Show, which is just right around the corner for yeah. him typically. So um, how long have you been going to that? And what's it like going to a toy? Like, do people recognize you there? Or you know, what's it like for you just walking in there? Yeah, definitely. I go to the Dallas Toy Show, North Dallas Toy Show, mm-hmm. almost every month because it's on the first um, Saturday right. of every month. Right. And I love that toy show. It's my favorite because you get people who are truly – um, you know, appreciative mm-hmm. of the toys. You know, I've gone to some toy shows where people are just out to make a buck and sure. they are just trying to rip you off. And, you know, some people will recognize me and they know 
know that I look for Jurassic Park items, mm-hmm. so they'll upcharge things, and that's kind of uh, upsetting. That's jacked um, up, yeah. <laughs> but then I'll go to like the North Dallas Toy Show with people who recognize me, and they genuinely are excited to see me, and they're like, hey, I, I found this Jurassic Park toy. I'm going to sell it to you for exactly what I paid. Sure. I just picked it up because I know you will appreciate it, and it'll have a good home with you. And those pieces, those are my favorite. They're what's on my shelf, and I connect with the people, which gives me another connection with the toy which ultimately just fuels my love for the franchise even more of course it's uh it, that's the good part of the hobby right matt the passion. the passion that's one thing i noticed about her because i started following her a few years ago and i started seeing what the area cosplay scene was like and her passion is like second to none i've mm-hmm. i've i it's uh, it's hard for me to think of anybody any collector anybody that has the passion she does about her uh, her collecting and, and her cosplay activities. So that's, that is kind of a dying thing in, sure. in the hobby. And it's, it's refreshing to see that. Sure. Now I completely 100% agree with you. And to the guys that are out there jacking up prices on that's, that's <laughs> messed up, man. But you see it across the hobby too, <clears throat> right? You see whether it's card shows or, or toy shows or, or whatever, you know, people are always jacking up the prices, trying to make a quick buck. Cause it, it's a free market. I guess it's, but, it's, yeah. I'll tell you what it is, Eric. It's it's chaos, is what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Very nice. As he breaks out the gold bloom. Um, so, did when you were younger, did your mom and dad help you collect stuff, or you said it, it came later in life? But like, did that start there with them like picking up toys for you? or whatever it may be. And then, like, what do you have props from the movie or some, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So my parents, definitely, they were always a big advocate for me to just love and do what I want. And mm-hmm. they totally ran with me loving dinosaurs, okay, cool. and they would pick up things for me. Um, a lot of um, going through my life has been, you know, if you love something and you want something, you earn it yourself. Sure. So I work very hard for everything that I decide to put in my collection. And then amazing people who very gener- generously, you know, will donate things towards my collection because it'll always have a great home with me and through that I have gotten some like film prop material which is really awesome I mean people who have worked on the film franchise I do have a couple pieces some of those pieces I'm not allowed to show or share because (laughs) they've been given to me you know kind of you know this is for you this is not to show to everybody and I appreciate that and I respect that Mm -hmm. and like I said every single piece in my collection just there's somebody behind that piece there's a reason Mm -hmm. for that piece it's not just to hoard and buy everything because i want to have every single thing i i, I gotta meet some people like that man <laughs> some people yeah there's that, a couple of 52 <laughs> tops mantles that i yeah, need or exactly. a black lotus or something like that this is for you yeah, yeah. you're right it's for me now <laughs> i'm gonna put i'm gonna put you on the spot now um if you had to choose the, the pieces you can tell us about what if you had to pick a top three pieces that mean the most to you what what would those be and why kind of give us a an idea oh boy all right (laughs) um definitely one of my number one pieces that i have is a replica cryo can which is that barbasol can that opens up and it's got all the little dna sectors you know from the dinosaurs it's the one that dennis nedry tried to steal and sell on the boat when he's going to the east dock and that dilophosaurus says no sir you will not and stops him (laughs) dead in his 
tracks. That was such a great scene. But I do have a replica of that that was a gift to me. And it, it's so cool and it's so pretty. It's definitely a highlight piece of my collection. Um, my second favorite piece is actually a Jurassic World inspired piece. Um, there's this guy, uh, Combat Customs. He makes these really cool fossil replicas looking pieces. And he actually used an ostrich egg and mm. put a little baby Indominus inside. So it looks like that opening scene where the Indominus is breaking out of the egg in the very beginning. That piece I love, one, because it was a really cool scene. Two, because this artist put his passion and love and twist on it. Mm. And that piece just means a lot to me because it's, uh, it's a lot of work and, and love that went into it. And I think my third favorite piece is actually my picture with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I have that framed above my whole collection because that was the best day of my life. <laughs> I didn't get to go to fan days because that would have been, I, I remember I saw, that was the first, that you were the first person I thought of when they announced Goldblum. I was like, oh my goodness, clever fangirl. Oh, She's I cried. She's going to be going insane. <laughs> and then you posted a video, I think the next day or two over it and it was, it was pretty cool. Now, were you at the last uh, expo? The, what, what that's where that? she met him. Met, okay, that's where you met Goldblum. That's where it happened. So that was my first time experiencing some like I've been to Emerald City Con, but that was like a long time ago. This was like on a scale that I was not able to comprehend until I walked into it. Yep, it's <laughs> there's a passion there for that side of the collecting and the hobby that you just don't you don't see on the baseball card side of things. When you're there in those shows and you're you're in a moment like you're meeting Jeff Goldblum for the first time, and you know that there's a hundred other people behind you in line having the same experience, like is, is that cool to you? Is that, is that just a really something that you you, you probably can't even put into words, right? I couldn't. And um, anybody who was there with me that day uh, knows how extremely nervous I was. Okay. Um, in that moment, there's tons of people who are, you know, feeling the same excitement as I am. I had to actually go in a different side of the convention center and sit down like two hours before I, my time to meet him and just mentally prepare for the moment <laughs> because this is something that I have always wanted. I've always wanted to meet him, but I had no idea what I was going to say. And I genuinely thought I was going to say something really stupid that mm -hmm. was going to A, embarrass me, B, like freak him out or embarrass him, which would see ruin the whole franchise for me entirely because right. I would never be able to watch Jurassic Park again <laughs> without thinking how badly I embarrassed myself in front of Jeff Goldblum. That's Luckily, that did not happen. The, sto the, the story is actually really good. If you share that story, what, what transpired during that interaction... <laughs> It's it's fantastic. I love it. Can you share that with yeah, us? Yeah, definitely. So here I am standing in line shaking like a little bean. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to say. And I go up to Jeff Goldblum and he's being so warm to everybody. He's a very like touchy guy. He wants to hug you and you know shake your hand. So I went up to him and I'll blurt it out of my mouth. This is a dream come true. So he pulls me really tight in for a hug and holds me. And while they're taking the picture, he says, darling, you're a dream come true. Oh, and I just die. I'm like, my life is complete now. So if you see that picture of, of us, he's you can see he's talking in the picture, and that's sure. what he's saying to that's me. That's a beautiful moment. It's oh, a very it's awesome so picture. That's an awesome picture, too. So. I don't, I, you know, I was, I was, as she was telling that story, I'm trying to think, do I have anything that compares to that? And then, other than meeting my children for the first time, I don't. I don't know that there's something like that to hear Jeff Goldblum whisper in your ear, "Darling, you're a dream come true." The best, <laughs> the best story that I have, I think you know this, mm -hmm. uh, is Norman Reedus photobombing me. Yeah, that's a good story. When I was when I was cosplaying as Alan up in Columbus, at go ahead, share World. that story, buddy. Um, it was I, I was cosplaying as Alan from The Hangover um, up at uh, Wizard World 
Comic-Con. And uh, it was the second day I was there. And I just thought, you know what? I met all the people I want to meet yesterday. I'm just going to walk around, meet people, take pictures. And that's what I did. And they had a zombie, like a zombie um, shooting range set up. And there was a bunch of people cosplaying as the governor and Michonne and all the characters from The Walking Dead. And uh, we're sitting there and some crazy guy comes running up really quick, takes a selfie and just bolts. I didn't see who it was. I didn't know who it was. I was like, that was really uh, frightening. So um, we later that night, I got home from work at like 3 in the morning, and I get on Wizard World's page, and I see me on there, and I look, and it was Norman Reedus. It was Norman Reedus. Oh it was God. crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't think it compares to hers, though, because Jeff Goldblum is just, I mean, it's, it's Jeff Goldblum. Sure. I mean, right. I, you know. That's the, right. The, the, he the was names, my number one. That was it. Yeah. yeah, he was my number is one. It, is, is it a celebrity crush thing? Oh, it, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. how could you not after Jurassic Park? So the, the two people I've always wanted to meet in my whole life were mm-hmm. Gene Wilder, because I had a strange crush on him all my life. I just love him. I From Blazing yeah. Saddles yeah. to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he was just a dreamboat. But unfortunately, I can't meet him now. So, right. I mean, I had to put all in my, my eggs in this Jeff Goldblum <laughs> basket. Like, this is it. This is my life has peaked here. Sure. Um, and it was, it was just such the best day ever. So you can't meet Owen then because he'll just steal the show Chris Pratt he is just a dreamboat oh my gosh he's next on the list he's next on the list so let's talk about cosplay if you don't mind just a little bit how when you go to an event how much prep time goes in leading up to you getting ready and, and being there yeah, so ask any cosplayer, and they'll tell you it's a night before the convention process. Oh, yeah. I will tell you, you can prep for months and months for a convention, but, I mean, it can take – sometimes for, for cosplays, I've spent, you know, two to three weeks, you know, wow. working on them. Wow. But no matter how much I work, there's stuff I'm working on the night before, the day of, sure. the hours before the convention. Hot glue is happening. Last-minute stitches <laughs> are happening. i got to roll a duct tape in my backpack <laughs> ready to go. Because you just don't know – no. no just don't know what's going to happen um, at the convention and some costumes ideas just come to you you know the week of sure oh my gosh the convention saturday and it's thursday and i've got nothing to wear (laughs) wow and then bam 24 hours later with (laughs) duct tape and she just macgyvers the costume together (laughs) and there you go so you uh jurassic park is obviously a big a big thing in your life, but what other roles, what other characters have you played, uh, cosplayed as? Yeah, so of course Jurassic Park is number one, but I have a huge love for the comic side of okay. the franchise of all you know fan conventions. Sure. I love Marvel. Marvel's my number one, mm-hmm. and I've always loved Captain America, so one of my favorite cosplays that I've put together was a World War II Captain America-inspired costume. Sweet. And I got some real World War II pieces in that from a oh. surplus store. I got like a paratrooper belt and an actual helmet that I put together just because I really wanted it to feel authentic and I put a lot of like love into that costume so it's definitely one of my favorites and a lot of the comic book artists will go to the conventions Mm -hmm. even the smaller comic book shows which are personally my favorite over the giant fan expos and that's where I really get to connect my comic book love with the people who made that happen um so Captain America is a is a strange one in my home because Eli, my son, he loves him, right? But I told him recently that Captain America was a bad guy the whole time. And now I don't I don't think he loves me as much as he used to. Could you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But um, what I'm getting at here is like just the time and effort you guys put, you guys and girls put so much into these costumes. It has to be a labor of love because otherwise, why would you do it, right? 
Exactly. And it's pricey too. Yeah. You know, um, people find really interesting ways to budget their cosplays by using, you know, materials you wouldn't really think of. So mm -hmm. you'll find a lot of cosplayers, you know, hunting through Goodwill, um, Hobby Lobby, Joann's, Fabric Stores are some of our favorite places to find materials because there's not really, you know, a local place that you can go and just say, oh, yes, they're going to have all of my specific cosplay needs. Sure. It's like, what can I use that's already out there to make this piece even better? It's just a creative release, too. It really right? is. Yeah. I, oh, man, that's hear that guys go to your local uh, goodwill you can see cosplayers there <laughs> <laughs> just crystal star looking for right. stuff digging through the back <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um, have you ever gone just just as laura just to check it out like I guess almost incognito where no one knows that you and just have fun that way. Yeah, actually, I've been doing that even more recently because sure. I felt like I've got a lot of my cosplay out of my system for okay. right now. So I've been really loving going to shows um, for the purpose of meeting people, you know, and kind of just looking for myself for things. Sure. Um, cosplay is really fun, but as any cosplayer knows, when you go to a convention, you're stopped every two feet and that yep. kind of eats up your whole day. So you don't yeah. really get to enjoy what all else the convention has to offer. Sure. So especially on Sundays, you can catch me going just in my t-shirt and jeans and talking with the comic book artists and finding, you know, toys. And surprisingly, people still recognize me and it just gives me more time, I think, to hold those conversations and make of relationships. Course. Yeah, you know, you're not dressed up in, you know, some, something crazy. You can I was a, able to experience that where what she's talking about mm -hmm. where you get stopped every second yeah my I, if, well you're you've a seen, constant alan guy right so <laughs> you you have no idea i've got stories about the halloween parties in athens that i we i can share off air not yeah. here <laughs> um but the i mean it's it's like as soon as you get done taking a picture of somebody it's you move two feet and it's hey can i get a picture it's it's really cr insane but it's mm -hmm. kind of flattering and kind of you get a rush out of it because like man all these people want my picture it's like wow cool and everything and and Norman Reedus photobombed me, so right because he liked my cosplay apparently. So I'm sitting here in front of you two. One, both of you have done this before. You've both done it successfully before. I think I'm going to have to bring Fat Fat Jacob to reality and make this happen. He knows what this is. Fat Jacob is uh, something that I have in my mind that uh, you, you know the Twilight series. The, so the Twilight Saga. This the Fat Jacob is uh, Jacob 25 years after the fact. And he's just kind of given up on life, oh and he, he's sitting there with a Rainier beer, and <laughs> he's got cut off jeans on and a stained white shirt. Yes, I'm, I'm advocating <laughs> for this. I'm gonna make Fat Jacob happen. Uh, the lights just went out. That's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> As we're talking about Fat Jacob, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the dinosaurs. They got into the building, <laughs> and uh, they're they're trying to find us. That is. A little strange. Uh, I think that you should do the Wilson Fisk. We've always talked about you being yeah, Wilson Fisk for right. Daredevil, and that would be amazing. I, I dressed up as my great aunt Gertrude. Uh, <laughs> what two two Halloweens ago? Yeah, I, full full moo moo and everything. Oh my gosh. It, it was amazing, and I won first place in the costume contest. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so uh, Wilson Fisk is something that we've talked about a lot. Yeah, but I think Fat Jacob is going to have to come to fruition. Uh, see, Fan Days is coming up pretty soon, right? Like three months. Three, four, three yeah, months? something around there. Maybe I can make fan days as Fat Jacob. That would be really cool. Hold on, guys. Run, right quick. Let me push pause and take care of this light situation. All right, quick little pause, but we're back. Uh, lights went out. Timer went off. We had to go first the timer. So The day the lights went out in Texas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, Fat Jacob, that's that's definitely happening. It's got to happen. Pretty soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like Now I got to just cut 
like sacrifice some jeans and make some cut off jeans. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I bet Walmart still sells those. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I bet so. Or hit up your Goodwill. See cosplay. Here exactly. we go. <laughs> I'll have to consult Laura in the future because I, I really do want to bring my my Allen hybrid cosplays to fruition. Yeah. I, the idea is to take Allen and make him every character I can possibly think of. Han Solo, Deadpool, Spider-Man, and all that stuff. I mean, I can grow the beard. I've got Allen's clothes at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, every time it'll be a different character in the in the, in Carlos's the baby holder. It'll be sure. Chewbacca or it'll be Colossus when I'm Deadpool or whatever. But That'll be great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So do you have a favorite show around the country? I mean, I, we know about the ones here in Dallas, but mm-hmm. do you have a favorite show around the country to go to? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I really haven't been to too, too many conventions outside of Texas. Okay. I've been to a couple in California, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to one up in Michigan. Okay. But I I haven't been to too many around the country. Um, I think here locally, my favorite convention would probably be um, Dallas Fan Days when okay. they have that happen. It's yeah. it's always been one of my favorites because it's a great in-between size. Now, sure. Fan Expo is massive. You're talking, right, right. you know, 20,000 plus attendees at that convention typically. And then at the fan days shows, you're talking more about 2,000, 3,000 max. You and I, we went to fan days a couple, we went last year just to check it out. It was a feeling out process for the company because we're trying to break into this because it's very collectible heavy and we're we're, dealing with all the action figures now. Now that we got comic grading, hopefully eventually action figure grading, we'll be able to start setting up eventually, hopefully. Well, that's our our dream. We were set up, as a company, we were set up at Fan Expo. And I don't know that they were prepared for how big it was going to be. Like, they've been to big shows before, right? But that was massive. And I might just be talking from my own experience. I walked in and I was like, this is, I went with my family, you know, and I was like, this is, this. I can't move. It's not a show I recommend for first timers. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very overwhelming. There are tons of people. And I really only recommend going to this show as a first timer if you Mm -hmm. have a direct purpose. Like if you're meeting a celebrity or if you've got a booth or something you really want to see. But if you're going to a convention for the first time, I highly recommend checking out more of a localized comic Mm -hmm. book show. They'll typically be labeled as comic book shows. There's a North Texas comic book show here. It's coming up soon Um, in August, right? It's coming soon um, in I think the Irving Convention Center. It's actually I think next weekend, July 21st and 22nd. Okay. Um, This show is fantastic because they pull in artists who don't normally come to comic book shows. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more centralized around the comic book collecting and sure. about the the love of the fan franchise mm-hmm. more than so these larger conventions where they're pulling in wrestlers, they're pulling in pop culture icons, they're pulling in everything, which is very overwhelming. There's no time to check that all out. And there's not time to make those connections, which I believe is the core of these conventions is meeting people who love something as much as you love something. And it's typically those obscure things. Like with Jurassic Park, I never knew that there was such a big fan base and group of people who are so amazing, who are so friendly, and who love Jurassic Park as much, if in some cases, if not more than I do. And uh, that actually inspired me to build my Jurassic Park Jeep was meeting people who love it as much as I do. There's the Jurassic Park Motor Pool, which is a group of about three to 400 guys and girls across the country who have Jurassic Park tribute vehicles. And now these people are some of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're so great. They're so encouraging. And everybody just loves, genuinely loves the franchise. Wow. 
It's uh, your Jurassic Park Jeep is definitely something to see. But to know that there's three to four hundred other people out there across the country, uh, could you imagine a convoy coming down the street? <laughs> there actually, oh my was God, one. there's dinosaurs! Look out, <laughs> we're all gonna die. There, uh, there was one? Yeah, they actually had a big national meetup for everybody to meet each other in Branson, Missouri. Okay. And I was getting um, Snapchats and Instagrams from people who follow me all across the country mm-hmm. saying, hey, here's a video of 50 Jurassic Park Jeeps going down my highway. What is going oh, on? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome, yeah. though. Now, just I need that to happen with Fat Jacob. Just 500 <laughs> Fat Jacob fans coming out that'd be great no we don't <laughs> no, we, don't. <laughs> we don't need to see we don't need to do that all right we're gonna wrap this up real quick but uh we want to thank you for coming out today you did a couple of uh box busters for us with us and uh those will be up later but you guys are gonna get to hear this obviously now because you're listening to it but uh this will be up much 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 sooner um was that your first time like sitting down opening cards like to that scale? Yeah, d- definitely. I have never done that many packaging openings. I have to say, initially, it was kind of weird because I'm so used to leaving things in the package sure. that um, breaking multiple packages open. Sure. Uh, it was a treat because I never just do that. And uh, I'll typically just do one or two by myself right. you know, at home just as a little exciting treat. Sure. But that was so awesome. I can't wait for everybody to see those amazing cards that we opened. You you did really well. That's why I was asking. Um, you just jumped right into it? Which is really what we're we're hoping for when we do it, because that's what yeah. we're doing. When we get a box like you know sitting here in front of us, we just open it up and just start going, right? And so you did well, and oh, uh, so I would say she was the best guest that we've had, and I, and, I and, and no no offense to Slipknot fans, Corey's great, yeah. but I think she beat Corey. Uh, well, yeah, Chris, Chris Corey, is uh, Corey was here. I thought Chris, it was Corey. The thing, see, so Slipknot comes when they come on tour, they they stop here because they. Little known fact, like half the band collects baseball cards. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they come and they hang out and we just we just open baseball cards all day. And but the thing is is like they're they're super nerds about baseball cards that they, they want to know the stats and everything and they're looking and it's fun. It's always fun. But uh, yeah, you did a, you did a great job. You were aware of the camera, you did what you're supposed to do. So uh, without any coaching at all. So that's amazing. And like I said earlier, her passion. Her passion yeah. came out. Sure. On the video and the cards and looking at each dinosaur and right and all that, so that that really made a great video. Yes, it did. It did well. I can't wait till they get posted. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Thanks for hanging out this week on this special edition, Jurassic Park Clever Fangirl Edition. Until next time, just keep listening. Cue the Jericho. The headphones are pushing for two Mission control, it's stories to be told Bold, Decode these remotes Broke down but this behold The illest from CO Deep through the keyhole to see this one light Leeches lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for this fight Because they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother with no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and hi-hats They be the get right Here they give the blind sight What? Yeah. Me and my people just might tonight, alright? Me and my people just might. Sounds stupendous. Other 
Cats on the radio, they sound horrendous. We some mind benders and ain't never been pretenders.